Okay, so uh, we're here with a special uh, kind of RSA edition, cafe edition of our Conversing Labs podcast. And with us, we have Robert Martin from MITRE. Robert, welcome. Thank you. Great to see you. And uh, how are you enjoying RSA conference after a couple year hiatus? Yeah, uh, 27 months, I guess, <laughs> since we were here. <laughs> That's a common refrain from many of the people I'm reconnecting with, but it's uh, really good. A lot of people here, a lot of uh, good discussions and good, good interactions going on. I'm glad. So, Robert, um, for, for listeners who aren't familiar with you or your work at MITRE, um, just uh, introduce yourself and tell, us, uh, tell the audience a little bit about what you do at MITRE. Okay, well, uh, I am a senior principal software and supply chain assurance uh, engineer. I'm in what's called MITRE Labs. Uh, MITRE, uh, for those of you that know, is a not-for-profit that runs federally funded research and development centers for many parts of the U.S. government. And my role has been in the area of assurance. How do you convey it? How do you capture it? And that really ends up um, with a lot of engagement with external groups, industry, consortiums, and across the government as well. So we're talking to you because you're a speaker at RSA this year, and you gave a presentation on based on a paper that MITRE put out that you authored back in early 2021 on what you're calling a sort of system of trust for um, supply chain, not just software supply chain, but it includes software, obviously. Um, talk yeah. about that paper and kind of what what is behind it? Because obviously there's a lot of work and, and from MITRE standpoint, years of work on this behind this uh, idea of a system of trust. Right. And so there's actually been four papers and now there's a public website, actually. So there's a lot of background information for people, uh, sot.mitre.org. Um, but basically this work is, you know, in retrospect, it's, it's the next step on a lot of efforts that have been going on for many years. So, you know, if you think about supply chain, um, there's many elements, there's logistics, there's acquisition, there's uh, organizational risk management. And for more and more of our uh, things coming through the supply chains, it's about the cyber element of those things, whether it's you know your traditional IT, your mobile devices, or now, everything in your building systems your car you know a lot of things now are cyber enabled and so that's a that's a new aspect but our work here um you know we at mitre have done a lot of engagements in software assurance in the cve program for vulnerabilities that are publicly known cwe which is the weaknesses that cause those vulnerabilities so a lot of, uh, of this is about attack um, taxonomy as well. Yep. Yep. All of these are about the conversation between those who create um, products and those who are using them about what was done, what is uh, an issue or not. And so this movement into supply chain is really just stepping up into the organization. Um, 
because these issues are not for the technologists. This is a business issue and it needs business attention. And unfortunately, the COVID pandemic has highlighted that supply chains, um, whether it's the resilience of them or your susceptibility to poor quality or, or counterfeits, just all these different aspects, or even an organization going out of business. Um, so all of these are part of what System of Trust is trying to put as a, a basic, you know, what is it you should consider when you think about supply chain risks? And a lot of people are either um, building their own little list of these issues or they're um, you know borrowing something from some other project they thought was good and both are not really going to give you the holistic context you need to start with now i'm not saying everybody needs to look at all these kinds of risks but you need to look at that overall set to figure out which subset is appropriate for the decision you're trying to make. Got it. And so that's what System of Trust is about. Um, and you mentioned, I mean, MITRE has been working with organizations, including government and intelligence sector, and defense contractors, industry around this for decades, really, going back to the yep. Cold War. Back then, it was more about just making sure your suppliers are trustworthy, that they hadn't been infiltrated potentially. Um, right, that, and the products yeah. weren't tampered with. Right, right. What most of us probably think of as supply chain security. Now we hear a lot about software supply chain. How does software um, f change things? How does it fit into that paradigm? Um, and is oh, it, it amenable well. to the same types of controls? Well, I think so. Um, you know, one big part of a lot of supply chain is the transparency. You need to understand who are the players in your supply chain. So you think about uh, any complex microelectronics device. It's got resistors and PCB boards and connectors, and it's got a parts explosion that's huge. Well, that's really what we have in software these days. We don't sit down and write, uh, you know, software from end to end. We we bring in drivers, we bring in libraries, we bring in frameworks, we bring in whole functional uh, parts of it, and we invoke services. So th these are just the sub-assemblies of your software. And what we don't have is the visibility. You know, when you get something from IKEA, you have, you know, here's what's in the box. And, you know, check that you have all of it before you start your assembly. But we Plus have an Allen wrench. Like you get an that. Allen wrench, too. Right. That's true. You need some assembly <laughs> uh, mechanism, right? Sometimes you get a screwdriver. Sometimes. But um, they, um, in the software world, we have uh, never really had that kind of transparency. And so, you know, that's what uh, NTIA and now CISA, uh, at DHS are leading the charge on software bills and material. But that's just one element of how you would want to secure a supply chain. So um, the second part of my talk here at RSA, where the first was about the system of trust, this holistic way of managing, actually focused on software supply chain, you know, back to the solar winds issues, 
how SBOMs can bring one element, you know, kind of foundational, but then you need to tie those SBOMs to the activities that produce them, the actual vetting or, um, you know, testing or other types of claims that you're going to make about that, and then chain them together um, so that you know who did it, what did it, you know, what version of the build tool, how was it configured, uh, were memory safe operations invoked, and so on. And these are things that you may be able to figure out after the fact, but they're much easier, much more straightforward if during the process they're captured and conveyed. And so um, the other thing I talked about was an IETF and Linux Foundation effort um, called Supply Chain uh, Integrity, Transparency, and Trust, SKIT, mm -hmm. which is about uh, distributed confidential ledgers for capturing these different kinds of claims um, in a permissioned way so that um, you can pull them out when you need to show them to your customer or show them to auditors or just, you know, kind of un, uh, unravel uh, a problem that happened and you need to go trace the sources. And so that's a, another aspect of all of this. And that's one of the things in the executive order 14028 uh, came out last year is you know it's it offered that we needed s bombs if you're going to sell to the government but it also wanted you to make claims about that what you did in building that software and industry and so uh, industry um, is already on that issue because they need that kind of information of their own suppliers because most people are not at the end of a supply chain they're right. in the middle right they're both a producer and a consumer right and so you know there, there's a lot of business motivation and that's really a key of what miter tries to look at in doing these kinds of standardizations is where is the motivation it can't be, you know, the, only the hammer, right? There needs to be a, a carrot. There needs to be an internal motivation. This, this simplifies something. This restructures a problem into a more tractable way. And I think, you know, getting the system of trust uh, topic, you know, it's really about uh, due diligence. What is the expected uh, way organizations, boards, officers address supply chain and have their organization implement the appropriate, you know, risk management and processes? Yeah, I mean, you liken it to um, a gap, uh, generally accepted accounting principles, which is a kind of standard measure of the financial practices uh, of, of companies and you liken it to that is that yeah yeah basically it, you know gap is a whole set of things that you sh can apply and anyone who sets up the finance uh, approach for a project for a company will use that as their starting point but then tailor it down to what makes sense for that kind of business those kinds of transactions in the same way System of trust is going to be this broad set of 
all the different kinds of risks that you may need to address in supply chain, in your services offerings, in your suppliers, in your supplies. But then you need to go in and identify a subset. We call it a profile. Um, so the things that make sense for your business environment, for your kind of product, your kind of acquisition decision. And then um, also you can tailor, we have a weighting uh, scoring kind of approach in here. So you can go in and tailor the weights because different people have different risk aversion, risk tolerance. And so different issues are more important or less important. And then the last part of this is you take that profile and step into assessment. And here we're also trying to drive a data-driven mm -hmm. basis for assessment. Mm -hmm. So there's a place in System Across to record on what basis did you decide that you know this is the evaluation of this particular risk, and then start summing them up. And that's that's really the last thing I wanted to offer up is that. Um, when you get a lot of different elements being brought together to make a risk assessment, you're uh, at the peril of a, a really bad thing getting washed away by lots and lots of okay mm -hmm. or good things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, think about a security, um, you know, clearance. If you answer one of the, you know, dozens and dozens of pages of questions, yes, I am a convicted felon. That's a showstopper. Well, many organizations have those kinds of risks. Right, right. This one gets triggered, then I want to know it. So we have this mechanism for letting those float up and not get washed away by kind of the waiting. statistical. Right. Right. And and is the, the, the algorithm that is part of what MITRE has developed, right? This is, this is so it's a it's a, a, a waiting mechanism. Yeah. So right now we haven't shared that. Uh, we're trying to finish documenting it and making sure it's as robust as we can make it. And then we'll be putting it out on our website for people to look over. And that's another big part of this is we, we want feedback. We want mm -hmm. organizations to say, well, what about this? Or you forgot about that? Or there's a typo on page five, whatever the feedback is. So that's another part of what we're doing out here is engaging companies that are, you know, have supply chains, make sure this makes sense to them, doing the same with our sponsors. But also there's a lot of people who are offering insights for um, sources of information about your supply chain. Mm -hmm. And we wanna make sure those people un can bring their inputs into someone using System of Trust. So I wanna map, you know, the Exigers, the, you know, Reuters, Thompson Reuters, the others, you know, in what elements in the System of Trust can they actually bring evidence to so that you can see how you can compose these different offerings to help you answer the questions you care about? It's interesting because you, you've, you've actually modeled this on a, on a number of actual companies. You know, you don't name them, but you sort of show their scores. And it's, it's really interesting to look at what comes out of it. I noted that um, in the paper you released back in 2021, um, there was one company that um, had a much higher 
kind of risk score than the others. And when you kind of delve into it, what impacted that was two things. One were higher uh, scores, more findings uh, in, in the sort of IT security, data security um, axis, and then also um, some, some stuff on the financial side, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the profitability or, or debt to equity ratio or whatever. Um, and it was interesting that those two things kind of combined in, in creating this higher score. Um, talk about kind of what what you've seen come out of when you've when you've run this on sample companies, like what things come out of it and what you noticed. Well, the big thing about those early pilots that were in the paper was those were all publicly traded companies. So there's a wealth of information from SEC filings and right, right. that you can leverage there, right? So, um, and a lot of the things we showed in that paper were common practice in the financial industry, um, investments, and you know, people. This is how they look at these companies and whether they're going to invest in them. So we're just reusing some of that type of information, but. <clears throat> You know, if you're actually dealing with small companies that aren't publicly traded, but you have a contractual relationship or you're building one, you can ask for that same data so that you can monitor them with the same measures and the same risk assessments. And um, so that was one of the things was, oh, well, you know, only part of the picture can be seen in mm -hmm. publicly available data. Mm -hmm. Now, things about sanctions and debarments and, you know, lawsuits. Right. right. They don't care whether you're publicly traded or private. <laughs> right. right. They, they record all of that. So, right. um, but also System of Trust has things looking at, um, you know, corporate networks now. Um, if you're trading with somebody, you can ask them a lot of fine-grained details. There's also people who will actually look at companies from the outside and see if they can find vulnerable hosts and, yep. you know, or malware beaconing out of there. So there are a lot of things you can start to understand about somebody's security. Right. And, and part of this also is um, we should mention kind of so software composition analysis and actually looking at, um, you know, if you're using um, embedded software within your company or relying on it, or if you're, you know, I guess, producing software, there, there's that piece of it as well that, that can be part of these overall right. assessments. Right. And that's a big thing is that, um, you know, when you think about supply chain, especially in the software supply chain, you can have pretty deep visibility. Um, and you can also now um, be start asking for S-bombs mm -hmm. and ask for some provenance data, pedigree data. You may want to ask for, you know, claims about what they did in their development uh, activity. Yep. All of these we're trying to account for in system of trust. Now, some other organizations, you know, may not want to go into those details, but, it, you know, it is an area of risk that you could assess. And that's the whole idea of system of trust is to give that starting point so that we have a more holistic, more common way of uh, stepping into the question mm -hmm. about supply chain um, and get that vocabulary, that set of concepts 
And that's where we think this is going to be very applicable across the board. Not the whole set of system of trust, but maybe like the top five or six um, areas. Um, you know, basically they're independent of what kind of domain you're in, what kind of product and service. So yes, counterfeits, you know, if you're looking at counterfeit microelectronics or counterfeit software or counterfeit sushi or counterfeit handbags, there's different techniques for determining if they are or not. But a couple steps higher, the whole idea of having uh, an evaluation and assessment of, of counterfeits and making sure it's part of your decision process, that's independent of what kind of counterfeits you're worried about. And so we think that the you know top levels, maybe five, maybe six levels down, is something that every you know board, every officer, every acquisition official, every loading dock manager, you know, down to the engineers should be aware of and have as a part of their situational awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay, final question, which is always, you know, we talk a lot about sort of the security poverty line and in information security, which is, you know, yeah, sure, you know, the JP Morgan Chase or the Boeing and uh, uh, Lockheed will will do this, they'll invest in this. But what about the, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands of just enterprises out there where this type of thing, as you're saying, clearly needed now, um, but might seem like a really big stretch for them in terms of, you know, skill, internal talent and skills to be able to do it, you know, bandwidth and resources. So how do we, GAP is used by everybody. You almost have to use it if you're, you know, a a company doing business with other companies. How do we get system of trust to have that same got to do it uh, quality? Well, so one, one thing we've done is we've tried to embed in the way we ask the questions about the risks the knowledge about how to take the raw data and figure out if it is a high risk, moderate risk, or low risk. So think about, um, and this is a poor analogy, but it's one we kind of end up using is, you know, your doctor knows how to take a couple measurements and interpret them. Well, that rubric of how they um, evaluate that can actually be shared and you see it in articles about you know your blood pressure should be in this level and your weight this level and if these things are too high then you have to talk to your doctor mm-hmm. so th- there's a way of the you know the everyone being able to get some measure not the precise detail that a practitioner would but a general feel of, are you in a low risk, moderate risk, or a high risk? Uh-huh. And so that's where we think uh, most people need to be. If supply chain is a huge possible impact to you, then you need to get some experts involved. Right. But there's a lot of people that just need some general, I guess, supply chain hygiene uh, practices. And that's where we're aiming at. And, and you said as we as we started talking, the aim here, the target audience here, really is is the board, uh, is the management of the company. Not necessarily this isn't an IT problem. This is a, a corporate management problem. Right. And the other part of system of trust, um, another way of thinking about it is this tree 
and there are ornaments you can hang on there. There's things you're already doing that do answer some of these risk questions. So we're not trying to reinvent what's been done. We want to map those things. So there's certifications and accreditations and different assessments that organizations undergo. We want to be able to place these into the context of the system of trust. So mm -hmm. the risk that those things uh, illuminate can be brought in and not asked over again. Robert, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have or anything you wanted to say? Uh, no, I um, wish we'd been able to do this in person. But, yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. COVID out of their plans. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Robert, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us on uh, Conversing Labs. It's been a pleasure and uh, thanks for all the work you're doing.